Okay, right guys, uh, so welcome to another Coffee Corner and I'm jo joined by uh, legend Sammy Lloyd who is sporting a fantastic beard, I have to say. Uh, it looks, uh, we've had a couple, we were having a quick chat beforehand and I have to say it's, 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 a, it's a beauty beard, I don't grow mine. <laughs> yeah, it looks fantastic mate, so thanks for joining us anyway Sammy, really appreciate it mate. You're welcome, it's a pleasure to be here. So uh, we've got a few regulars on, but for those who are new to Coffee Corner, um, obviously we spend about 40, 45 minutes with, with Sammy, uh, just finding a little bit about his career, his life, what's been going on and, and how we got into this weird and wonderful game of rugby league. Um, and then obviously I'll open the floor to you guys and any questions, you, you feel free to fire away at Sammy. Um, so Sammy, I'll start off first of all, and we were just talking about it before we come on. Jeffrey Lloyd. <laughs> Jeffrey Lloyd. So go on, talk to us about the, how you ended up with Sammy. Yeah, well, when you're born and bred in a in a little mining village as, as uh, that I'm now back in, there's a little village called Allerton Bywater. Of course, my father was a miner and everybody knew him as Sammy. He was the original Sammy. Yeah. Uh, and so I got two older brothers and two sisters and we all got nicknamed Sammy purely and simply because anybody that worked in coal mines god knows how many years ago everybody got nicknamed after after their dad yeah <laughs> so that's probably mine with Tater then I got stuck with Spud <laughs> and, and, and another name that I walked live on uh, on TV but there we go uh, um, so yeah, so you've always been known, obviously from your dad, you've been known as Sammy growing mm. up and things. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about sort of you growing up? You mentioned there from Alan Bywater. Mm. Um, yeah. What were your sort of family like and things around there? Alan Bywater, the little village, was a mining village. That, uh, and I say was because the coal mine has, has gone. The yeah. coal mine went in, in the 90s, a very proud aspect of the village uh, so many miners brought up young kids you know there wasn't as much uh, aggravation knocking about because miners underground if they saw a young teenager or a guy in his 20s yeah. misbehaving oi lad i'll be seeing your father in the club tonight and if you're not careful, I'll be letting him know what you're up to. Oh, God, don't tell me, Dad. So it, it was one of those wonderful things that probably will never see the light of day again. It was culture. Yeah. Old men working with young fellas. And I don't know how that might pan out today, but in coal mines, because of the danger yeah. and the experience that the old colliers had, they'd always watched the back of the young miners. And of course they'd be, they'd be really grateful uh, for that. But our village uh, outside of that, just like any other village dying to play sport, you know, off to school in the fifties, of yeah. course, school for me in the fifties was not everybody having a telly. <laughs> you in mean, fact, you didn't, you said, we you didn't, didn't have, have a telly. No. God, I really missed my iPad in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> we had to look at some of our neighbours' telly. You know, we'd get invited round about six or seven of us to watch the Lone Ranger. Uh, and, and other black and white TV programs, all from America. So we were brought up being very Americanized. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it, it was great. Did, did we miss anything? No, because we were out playing. You know, we, we'd, we went home when it was dark. Nobody yeah. had to, nobody had to worry about, about anything. And, and we just burnt off a million calories. So there was no, <laughs> we ate everything that we were given <laughs> because there wasn't, there wasn't a great deal of, 
of choice, you know. Yeah. So we got what we were given, and we were glad of it. And in my in my ears now, I'm I'm starting to hear old people. This is how old people talk. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm apologising before I go any further. No, like you say, it's a, it was completely completely different era, and it's it's probably something that a lot of children nowadays. Uh, We'll never experience again where you were out from crack of dawn, you were a full day playing with your mates and whatever else. And then, yeah, like I say, when street lights come on or it got dark, that was your time, that was your alarm clock to come in. And yeah, completely it. different era, pal. Yeah, definitely. So, you mentioned you were very active, you burnt off a lot of calories. How did you decide you wanted to sort of play our great game? How did you get into rugby league? Well, of course, it, it, it was soccer to start with. I absolutely adored soccer. I wanted to be centre forward, centre half, and goalie, all all at the same time. I just, I just really did, uh, and and we loved it. And people in the village were absolute bloody brilliant at, at soccer. But my life changed when I went to technical college when I first started work and I bumped into the legends of Knocker Norton, etc. Yeah. Who I'd met about a year before playing inter-town soccer. Knocker and I played for Castleford District and we got to know each other then. And so he became an apprentice fitter too at at a, at a technical college. Yeah. And he said, age 16 now, we're big guys. We've left school. We're, we're working. We're bringing home some dosh. Yeah. Which was about four pounds, 50, four pounds, 50 a week, which was almost double what some other apprentices were traveling into Leeds to get. They were on two pounds something. Can you believe that? That's like 1967. So Knocker, <laughs> who is just, as we all know, he's just beyond legendary status. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could fill this whole 45 minutes to five days just, to, yeah. just talking about Knocker. So Knocker turns around one day and says, um, Sammy, Fryston Juniors, which is a another mining village, just the other side of Castleford. We're starting an under-17s team. Are you going to come and play for us? I said, I've never never played rugby. Just, oh, come on. It's going to be absolutely ace. And sure enough, I went down. I was told where to stand. Yeah. And actually about 15 years later, players were still telling me where to stand. <laughs> I didn't get any better. I just didn't get any better. So, oh God, we had some real fun. And six out of the team all signed professional forms for various mm. for various clubs. So there were clubs chasing knockers straight away. Yeah. I was flattered uh, to be asked to sign either for Hunslet or Leeds. And the day after Leeds game, Cass, Cass came in and, uh, and they, they wanted to sign me. And my dad is looking at how much Leeds are offering versus how much Cass have offered. And yeah. my dad's saying, Leeds, Leeds, <laughs> Leeds. You'll never see this kind of money again. Uh, but of course, no, it, it had to be Cass. It had to be classic ass. It had to be the black and amber. It had to be your local team, you know, and you just, I I can see it now signing on the dotted line and the club secretary giving me a club tie and a club badge for your blazer. And I'm not kidding. I, I nearly burst out of the room with, pride because it's just oh my god whether i play a match or not i've actually done what every lad in the castleford area wanted to do yeah and that was to play for his uh, for his own club so so i so i, so I managed uh, i managed to achieve that 
brilliant. Well, I'll be honest, mate, the, the Huntley lad in me, which is you did sign for Huntley back in the day. Um, he'd have been a legend in our household anyway, but then, as most of the people know, I grew up sort of supporting Leeds as well. So Yeah, yeah. The sign for Leeds, but anyway, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so that amazes me how, how proud you are to get your club tie and your club badge, because like there's a lot of kids nowadays when they sign, obviously they get the full tracksuit and hoodies and everything else, and to them wearing the kit, yeah. and the polo shirt and everything, that's the be-all and end-all to them. Mm. For you, it, it would a tie and a pin badge. It, uh, not a pin badge. It was a blazer badge. A blazer badge, yeah. That, that we all had to go down to Burton's in Castleford into into the tailors there yeah, and get measured up, um, spending our own money to get a green blazer with the badge embroidered on. That was, that was never supplied by Castleford. <laughs> <laughs> There was only one team that was tighter than Castleford, and of course that was Featherstone. Yeah. Oh my God! Uh, but did that matter? Did it hell? Because that tie and that badge at the time was worth all the money in the world. You couldn't you couldn't buy it. It was yeah. like ah well, whether I play or not, I I I actually got signed on. That's which fantastic. which was great because they used to tie a little clause into your contract that if you played for Yorkshire, yeah, you got another payment, which the majority of lads don't. Well, I managed to play for Yorkshire. And then they tied a bigger bonus on that if you ever played for Great Britain. Yeah. So and I managed to do that uh, also. So Bingo. I was one of the rare people that signed for Castleford that fulfilled the whole of the, the whole of the contract. <laughs> That's class, mate. That's fantastic. What what I really find interesting there is that you, you didn't actually start playing rugby league until you were gone 16, 16. 17. 16, you then got yeah. selected then and chosen from 17 upwards, where obviously nowadays it's you know lads are spotted at 13, 14 year old, you've got lads that play the yeah. game from five, six years old now and and that, that yeah. way. But I, and I watched them. I watched my grandson. Uh he's 12 going into 13. Oh God, and the standard. Yeah. The standard is absolutely incredible. But we're seeing these lads now that from last season have grown around about six inches. Yeah. They're yeah. they're just exploding. I mean, some of them at that age. Are almost young men. Yeah, it's incredible yeah. what's happening. Yeah, we noticed at the games this weekend. You got lads that were a little bit smaller than the others around that age, 12, 13, Ooh. and then yeah, we've had COVID and lockdown, and it sounds like they've just well, it looks like they've been hibernating and uh, and putting a grow bag for twelve months, and then off yeah. they come, and, and there yeah. you go. It's amazing. amazing. It is. So obviously. Even though you were representing Castleford, you were playing for Cat Tigers. Obviously, back in those days, you had a job alongside it. And you said that yeah. you'd been to technology college and things, like technician college and things. What What did you do out away from away from Cat Tigers? Uh, I was a. Uh, I, I became a, a fitter. Uh, the full title was a mechanical engineer, but everybody in the coal mines called them fitters. Right. And because oh, I was the worst fitter in the world because all I wanted to do was train, get fit, play yeah. for Cass, pursue my career. And I couldn't have worked with a better organization than the NCB, the National Coal Board, because anybody that played for Cass, <laughs> <laughs> you were just mollycoddled. You know, all, all the senior people in the coal mine and all the miners would say, well, a lot of them would say, Hey up, Sammy, we're playing Salford tonight on a, on a Friday. We used to play yeah. a lot of Friday night games at Weldon Road. Get this end sat down in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get two blocks. You start rubbing his left leg down and you start rubbing <laughs> his, his right leg down. And, he, and if he wants something to eat, give him some of your snap. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, but my wife's made it for me. Never mind. He wants feeding up. <laughs> it's not like special treatment, is there? 
Nothing like special treatment. Yeah, yeah. So, but that came two ways, of course, because um, if we played great, the Castleford mantra is, you did all right. You did yeah. all right. And if we played bad, well, I won't tell you what they used to say. <laughs> Absolutely rubbish. <laughs> so there were no holes, no holes bad, but it was, but it was great. It was a great place to be all the way through uh, to breaking into the team. Yeah. Because at the time we were just breaking in the great cast team of Alan Ardesty and Hepworth and Derek yeah. Edwards and Bill Kirkbride and Johnny Ward, they were all leaving and going to other bigger, bigger clubs. And it just left like a big hole where it was right young'uns filled try and fill their boots. Yeah. But we got the likes of Malcolm Reilly that came back from Australia. Malcolm had been out to Manly for a few years and he came back with all these Australian techniques and tactics that just blew our mind in terms of fitness levels. Yeah. Because, of course, as we all know, the Aussies it always seemed to be a few years ahead yeah. of us yeah. with everything. Well, it was exactly the same in 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 my, in my days. Uh, but Malcolm brought out all these uh, all these techniques, and uh, uh, and he did a fantastic job. And we grew. We hired in a few hard men like Tony Fisher from Leeds and Alan Dickinson, and they solidified a team of real young'uns. Yeah. And when I say young'uns, I mean people like Johnny Joyner and uh, Steve Fenton and, and all them that played for years. Yeah. Uh, but they were all kids at the same time, just the same as us. But we, we made it through. And round about 77, we were really getting good. We had the likes of Bruce Burton. We still had Malcolm. In, in the team. Knocker was around, but Knocker was just about on the verge of leaving Cass and, yeah. and going off to, to Hull FC. Uh, and Gary Stevens and, oh God, the list just goes on, but we clicked. Yeah. We clicked and we had a real successful season. We, we won the players number six and we won the Yorkshire Cup and we were, we were really flying high. And I, yeah. And I think it was that, that, um, some, oh God, sometimes in your career, you need to be extremely lucky. And in 77, I think I was the top goal kicker. Yeah. And there was a tour, there was a World Cup coming up to go to uh, Australia and New Zealand. And the press were all over, God, we keep losing games because we, don't play recognised goal kickers. And sometimes our best try scorers aren't even in the side. So when we pick this tour inside, you know, we really ought to take whoever, it, you know, the first on the team sheet ought to be the top try scorer and the top goal kicker. Da -da, I was absolutely knocked sideways when the club chairman was ringing me the phone was ringing off the hook. We were people trying to get in touch in terms of you're going to Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and of course it, we, we, we just couldn't believe it. You know, getting yeah. selected for to represent Great Britain was, was just something else. Uh, it, it ended sadly. I had an, the most amazing time on tour, but I got injured in the first game against the Maoris. We, we flew into New Zealand first and then went to Australia. Uh, but I got injured in the first game. And to be quite frank, I was carrying a bit of an injury going out on tour, but there was no way on God's earth that when you get that suit on and the ticket that yeah. you're going to say, do you know what? I really ought to be stopping at home. But I aggravated the injury. Sometimes you get away with these injuries, yeah. as you know. Yeah. Sometimes you carry an injury and you're blessed. You get you get through it. Yeah. Uh, but I got smashed with the Maoris and my knee was absolutely buggered. And it was a short tour. And if it would have been today, 
I'm absolutely sure that they'd have just said, flight home for yeah. Sammy, replacement out. And it would have been done just like that. But in 1977, we just didn't have the organisation and structure. So they just kept trying to work on my knee to get it right. But it, I, I think I played about three or four games. Right. Uh, and, uh, you're just filling in uh, anywhere. But it was a a bitter disappointment. Uh, but would I have turned it down? <laughs> no, no way no way no way it was it was absolutely fantastic well I've just made some notes there Sam while talking so just to I'll go back a little bit and I'll mm. to come forward so obviously you were known for being a prolific goal kicker you reckon it were your football days as a youngster that give you that bit of yeah. over with, yeah with without without a doubt I couldn't have done anything that was easier. Um, and they, they, oh God, that sounds so big-headed, uh, especially especially when I think where this might end up with Wembley 1980. Uh, goal kicking was just fun. And if you're a soccer player, you know, it's just like, okay, you, if you're taking a kick from the left-hand touchline, it's just like imagining that there's somebody at the far post that wants to head the ball in. So, so I'm just going to clip it in. And likewise, if you're taking it from the right-hand side of the pitch, you, you're yeah. going to be aiming for the near post or just outside of it. And the, and the ball will curl in. And if you're taking a straight kick, it's basically a drive, yeah. but you're not putting your body over the top of it to keep the ball down as you would do at soccer. Yeah. You're just relaxing a bit and, and the ball will, will take some, some air, but, but discovered by a little bit of a fluke because in those days, the majority of kickers were toe end kickers, yeah, yeah. you know, that they did that really ungainly bush and toe and toe ended them, yeah. which, if I'd have tried to have done that, that have gone, that have gone anywhere. But, oh. but I loved it. I used to I used to just dream of kicking goals. Um, I think if you get something, and it's the same as anything in life, if you if you get pretty good or better than average at something, you become a little bit obsessed by it. Yeah. And I bet there's still lots of players. That will remember me saying thanks to them when they've had a real smack in the mouth, and the referee <laughs> said penalty, and I've gone yes. Not for the poor guy that's just lost a couple of teeth, but it's but it was another opportunity. Yeah, for me for me to kick a goal. I mean, how bizarre and horrible is that? So. If this ever goes out to any of my former playmates, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, when they've got the faces disfigured and the nose <laughs> is still to one side, you go, you yeah. welcome, Sammy. That uh, yeah. Was you, mate. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the bollockings that they used to get, if they were posing to the crowd, um, uh, a winger, and they put the ball down in the corner without busting a gut to get behind those sticks... He must be running behind them, giving them a right rocket for not getting behind, not getting behind the sticks. Oh no, they've got to be told. They've got to be educated. <laughs> the next one, mate. You obviously you got your great friend call up, and obviously for a World Cup year as well, which is fantastic. I'll keep referring back to the young lad from Allerton Bywater who yeah. dream what to be a footballer, but. Next dream was signing for Castleford, and you fulfilled that. Yeah. What was it like when you got Great Britain caught? How did it compare? Were you more excited for your cast signature, or obviously for the Great? Britain? Oh, I think I, I think looking back, Cass, but then a few years on, you're obviously older. You know, as a 16 year old, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. Yeah, and I can't remember how old I was when I went on the tour. Maybe 20. Six, maybe twenty-seven. So I was a, a slightly more mature. But what I do remember was I, I, I just don't believe this. What 
what has happened because it's like a snowstorm then that you go to Headingley, you get measured up for your tracksuits and your suits and your shirts and your boots and oh my god it's like dying and going to dying and going to heaven and then the older players are filling you in in terms of oh sammy just wait till we get to sydney and then one of the other older lads will be saying no wait till we get to auckland oh my god we'll go to xyz and it's um because of course some of the players had toured uh, several times you know george yeah. nichols roger millward stevie nash yeah the, the team was just loaded with uh, stars that had yeah. been on previous tours yeah what was it like going into that environment like you said there that, that 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 team was just full of of legends like yourself but how was it at that point going into that squad was it, was it a welcoming environment? Was it a little bit of... Oh, God. Uh, yeah. uh, or... Oh, no. Do you know, once you're in the camp, everybody's together. Yeah. Uh, and they even forget the intense rivalry uh, because at Cass, our intense rivals were Leeds, Rhinos. Yeah. yeah. But on that tour was Les Dill, John Holmes, bless his soul, he's, he's gone now, Stevie Pitchford, uh, oh my God, uh, David Ward, um, all arch enemies. But as soon as you meet up and you're on tour, it's you know you, you, yeah. you're all teammates. Let's let's crack on. But it, but the majority of time, um, you're not actually playing rugby. You train a lot, yeah. and of yeah. course you play a lot, but you have so much time to fill yeah. from after. And, and of course we were not like the touring teams now where the train, maybe two or three times a day, yeah. we trained, we trained hard in the morning from maybe, uh, I don't know, quarter to nine until half past 10. And then the, the day was ours. And, it wasn't, although we thought we were professional, we were nowhere as professional as they are today because the big drinkers like George Nichols and, oh gosh, I better be careful in terms of whose names I drop here. But they were, they all could stick it away. Yeah. And they'd be saying, hmm, I think we'll all jump in a taxi and we'll go down to such and such. <laughs> That's what we'd do. We'd, we'd just go out and we'd have some fun and we'd meet people. Uh, we'd meet some people who had yachts and they'd take us out on yachts and out would come the prawns and the barbies and uh, and and everything. And it was just like, oh my god, this is this is another this is another world. Are you telling uh, me your gaffers didn't fly out your uh, your leg masseuse as well? Your masseuse, your private <laughs> masseuse, or anything like that? We had one physio. Uh, Dennis, who was absolutely brilliant from Salford, uh, but he had his work cut out. But no, we didn't have any individual uh, uh, coaching or tailoring uh, or, or anything. The coaching we got was from senior players in yeah. terms of do this, don't do that, you know, or right. We're so many hours from a game now. Let's knuckle down. Let's yeah. put. Let's put the good times away. Let's start to get focused. But nothing like it is today. Uh, um, I think the players of today, they wouldn't believe what went on on tour in in the olden yeah. in the olden in the olden days. But we didn't know any better. We thought we were being extremely professional yeah. because we were training every day. Yeah, you spoke. Uh, uh, yeah, you spoke about the culture at the time, and, and and like that was the culture. That was the norm. You were a yeah. professional. Yeah, that were, you were training every day. You were a professional athlete. But... Hey, and I'm talking about some of the backs as well. What historic figures? They used to like a drink. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was abs But my God, um, 
in those days, some of them had the ability to, right, I've had a few beers, I'm not drinking tomorrow, I'll shake it all off, I'll put an, I, I might do a, a, a few extra uh, 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 hours in, in terms of training. And they'd, they, they'd, they'd rectify it, but they had an enormous capacity. I just, I just think it's a, an enormous shock for anybody that um, wasn't around in the sixties and seventies. That's, that, that's how it used to be, but we didn't know any, we didn't know any better. Yeah. Well, we have to put a pin in that at the time, Sammy. So I need to actually get on to your black and white days now. I'm, I'm quite good at this. I'm quite good at talking about everybody's backstory building up, and then I look at Tango. Crap, shit. It's not like call here. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So we'll go forward. So FC. How how did it come about? Did you have oh. a choice in the matter? Was the oh, other option? Oh God, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd decided in seventy seven, late seventy seven, coming into seventy eight, that um, I, it was probably the right time for me to to quit because I was getting really interested in other things, business, etc. <clears throat> and Knocker had gone already to Hull FC and yeah. we couldn't believe, uh, initially we couldn't believe, what are you doing? What are you doing? Going over to the Codheads? What's all that about? <laughs> and he's, he turned around, Sammy, you would absolutely love it. Let me tell you about these crazy people over there it, it's it's not like it is at Cass because Cass has got a culture and Hull's got a culture and he said um, do you know we're missing somebody like you we need we need a goal kicker uh, and the next thing I knew after a few conversations with him I was over in Halifax and I was in a pub and of course it's the days before mobile phones yeah so this pub, I got tracked down to a pub and somebody shouts from behind the bar, Sammy Lloyd, telephone. And they used to go like that in them days if, if somebody wanted you on the phone. <laughs> Sammy Lloyd, phone, phone, phone. So, so I went over and took this call. Uh, hello, Sammy here. Uh, Sammy lad, Arthur Bunting. Now then, um, I know you're interested in signing and we want to <laughs> bloody sign you, mate. Uh, but we've got to get you signed before 12 o'clock tonight because the deadline is is then. I said, well, I'm in, I'm in Halifax and it's like half past nine. He says, well, can you get your bloody ass back home then? Uh, and Because I'm sending our chairman through to your house and we need to, we need to get you signed. And I said, well, well, are we going to talk about this first? <laughs> oh, I know you'll bloody love it, Sammy. You're going to. I said, Arthur, before we go any further, I fully intended to quit this season. I said, so you might be signing me for a bob or two, and I don't want to let you down. I'd probably be only able to give you a year. We'll we'll box that off when we need to, Sammy. Get your bloody ass home, and uh, and of course I did. I signed. I, I thought, what have I just done? I'm going to Hull. And then the penny dropped as soon as I got over to Hull, met the players, met the supporters. A few people like Keith Boxall and Keith Tyndall took us out. We're going to take you to the land of green ginger. Come on. <laughs> we go down there for a few beers. After, I just thought, wow, this is this is something. And then it built and it built and it built. And then it was that moment of pulling on the old black and white irregular hooped shirt, which before then was just a shirt. Yeah. But now you pull that on and you think, oh my God, this feels all right. Yeah. And then of course it's the supporters. And we, I think our first match might have been at Bramley away or, or whatever because that of course was the season that we went the whole way through without getting beat the invincibles the invincibles yeah and it just grew week by week or so it seemed that there was another signing and another player was coming into the dressing room and it was shaking hands and 
oh my God, we're, we're growing and growing and growing. And the crowds got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was still working in, uh, at the coal mine at the yeah. time. And I got so much uh, ribbon and stick, but I just had to tell them, oh, this is another world. Hull FC is the way to go and we're going to conquer, we're going to conquer the world. Yeah. And of course we did. Yeah. So what, what made it, obviously the, the players that come in, yourself signed, there were a few other key and big names that come on board that year. What, what made the Invincibles the Invincibles, basically? You said about Cat at the time where yeah, yeah. you come back from Australia with some Real. tactics and you had a young a mix of young yeah. players and old players. Yeah. What was the key at all, do you reckon? Well, that's a great question because my mind immediately goes back to who was there at the time. Vince Farah had signed. Keith Hepworth was already there. Charlie Stone signed roundabout at the same time as me. But the tactics were different. At Cass, it was all about throwing the ball about, get deep, let the ball do the work. Classic Cass. Yeah. At Hull, Vince Farrer used to say to me, I'd be putting the ball down in the middle of the park to kick off. And Vince would say, Sammy lad, kick it deep. We'll keep them down there for 20 minutes and we'll make their air bleed. <laughs> Both. And the, the tactics basically were, we're not bothered about having the ball. Let's just disturb their mentality yeah. for the first 20 minutes. Well, that to most of us was like really, uh, really, uh, really strange. But, oh, my God, did it work? Did it work? And then we'd, once we'd kind of put them off a little bit, in terms of, oh, we're going to give you a good game. Um, they kind of kind of took took the minds off that a little bit and, um, and we'd start to steamroller through. But the likes of Vince Farrer, Charlie Stone, et cetera, and then we got Trevor Skerritt on board and in comes Ronnie Wildman. But we still had the old faithfuls of uh, Keith Tyndall and Keith Boxall and all the great Hull yeah. guys that had been playing for, for donkey's years. And Arthur used to get that blend of mixing most of the teams up to make sure that there was Hull lads in there and some of the imports <laughs> from the West Riding. The Wezzies. The Wezzies. The the yeah. The Wezzies, yeah. And how was it, obviously, joining, the, you know, a cast legend, a great Britain international what was it like? Was it welcome with open arms, even though you were a Wesley, or uh, do you have to earn your stripes? Yeah, yeah. Earn your stripes? I, 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 it, it, it was awesome. One of the first things that I'd got to get used to is as a West Riding lad, we never swear in front of ladies. And the, one of the first things we discovered in, in Hull was most of the girls would be worse than the lads. I, I can remember having a walk. I was training early one day and I decided to go and have a walk down Hesel Road uh, before going training. And um, a few lasses came out of shop doorway saying things like, Sammy, you bastard, get yourself over here. Let's <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely crimson. Absolutely crimson. How can a young lady come out with language like that? Uh, but now, let me tell you, in the West Riding, the girls swear just as bad as anybody else swears <laughs> <Yeah>. in Hull. <laughs> but it was different. Brilliant. Brilliant. And I'm not going to talk about, obviously, uh, Wembley, uh, Wembley. I'm not going to talk about the Times Cup or anything like that. No, you should. You should, if you, you should if you want. I'm going to ask you, what is, obviously... What's been your favourite? What's been your favourite memory over all your career? If you could pick one memory, what what would it be? Oh God, God! Put you on spot there. Oh yeah, and do you know why? That's probably one of the few questions that doesn't get asked. So well done. <laughs> Most memory. Oh, you know when there's so many that flash yeah. through your 
flash through your mind? I th- I, you know, I'd say the semi-final at Swinton when the gods were really with us. Uh, I took a, cu- a couple of kicks that day and it was so windy that I actually aimed for the far corner flag and I knew that I'd got to give it some air. And the ball went in like a banana straight through the post. It could only happen in a semi-final, and it was like, oh, my God, I've died now and gone yeah. to heaven. Because we, we got, I mean, our boys played brilliant that day, uh, but, I'm, but I managed to kick, kick a couple of uh, decent goals on, on that day too. So we were off. So we were off to Wembley, which just opened another chapter of yeah. excitement, good times, plotting, planning, uh, and and but sadly, it turned out to be not such a, a great memorable day for me because, for some inexplicable reason, I left my boots uh, at home. Uh, and uh, I, I was just rubbish. I was just rubbish on the day, and uh, we, and we lost. We lost ten five, and and even towards the end, I got penalised for obstructing their loose forward for stopping Gray and Bray scoring underneath the bloody sticks. So not only did now that would have been a try under the sticks, and I'd have kicked that. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd have been ten at ten apiece, but you know when a game's over. It's it's over. Yeah. There are many tiny things in a game of rugby that makes the game go one way or the other. Yeah. I, I always used to say that if you threw a rugby ball up in the corner of a rugby pitch, the ball can bounce dead, yeah. changes the whole game. It can bounce into touch changes the whole game. It yeah. can bounce into the fullback's hands and he runs it out. It can bounce back into the winger's hands and he scores in and he scores in the corner. Sometimes sometimes the game can be ecstasy and sometimes yeah. it can be agony. And it was a bit of agony on that day for me. Totally agree with you. I know the same there's a momentum shift in every game, but I think it comes down to the shape of the ball, it's the look of the bounce. Massively yeah. so. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. yeah. Sammy, I could, like you said there, we could go on and on here. And I'm <laughs> sorry I'm having to cut you short, but I want to give no the worries. a bit of a chance to have a bit of a natter with you and a chinwag. But yeah, yeah. I know I said this to you before the call, Sammy, uh, but thank you again. It's It's been outstanding. It's been a real insight for me. So thank you for that. And I will My thank pleasure. you at the end again anyway. So I'll pre warn you for that. My pleasure. My pleasure. So, if I open up my screen, um, so I normally go, so I just work around the screen and whoever's there will shout them out and they can come and ask you a question. So, we'll start with Andy tonight. Hello, good evening, Sammy. Hello, Andy. How are you doing, mate? All right. Um, this is a question I want to ask you. It's not about rugby. It's when you're back on the road doing your uh, thing. Oh, with the old, with the old ukulele. Yeah, I've seen you in the ball, right? I've seen you at the ship. That's it. <laughs> Are you back on the road with that then? Just as soon as we get the clearance, we'll we'll be back. That's my latest passion. Uh, thanks for asking that question, Andy. Yeah, I've seen when you when when I quit, I, um, some of my Rugby playing mates always said, I know one reason why you played for as long as you did. You were the best singer on the bus. It was nothing to do with how good you were as a player. Uh, so I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry that on. But I need, I need to play an instrument. And so thanks ever so much. I just love the baritone ukulele. <laughs> Yeah, one more question, quick one. On your day, the goal kicking, you didn't have any teeth, did you? Did you no. have to dig your heel into the ground to make a mall on the mountain? Yeah, yeah. And that just seemed the most logical thing to do. And then we used to see in the late 70s and 80s that in Australia they'd be using um, a, a mound of sand. And then later, of course, as it is now with the newer uh, rugby balls 
which are fantastic. Uh, they've got these beautiful tees that give them, you know, no matter what the conditions are like, they've got a consistent area to strike the ball. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but you're a bit hard to play. It's too easy for them now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, w- I wouldn't say that. See, Sneed, <laughs> that Sneed boy knows how to use those tees. Okay, then, thanks for that. Thank you, Andy. Okay. Cheers, Cheers buddy. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Paul. Uh, Trevor, good evening, Trevor. Hiya, hiya, Sammy. Hello, Trevor. Uh, great talking to you. This is, you know, <laughs> this is like my era. I feel lots <laughs> of memories coming back. A couple of things. I love that you mentioned Bruce Burton. He was my favourite non-Hull player. Yeah. Great skills. Yeah. But the one thing I remember you for, and I will always remember it, is that Oldham game where you kicked 14 out of 14. (laughs) I had never seen anything like it, and I still haven't. Yeah. The gods were with you. Yeah, there were. And if any player could have their home debut, because the Oldham game was my home debut so to kick a few goals and and not miss any <laughs> was that was a dream come true because that got me started in terms of uh, a, a rather unique um relationship with uh, with the whole, with the whole folks and one other thing as well what did it what was it like teaching John Nooks to go kick on the telly? <laughs> John, yeah, that lovely clip from the the documentary series "Go with Nooks." Go with Nooks. Of course, John Nooks was off Blue Peter, and uh, he he was a great lad. He came and trained with us for several sessions. And he was really, he really got stuck in. And he managed to bring us uh, about five Blue Peter badgers each, which were immediately stolen from every friend that I had. And my daughters now say, you never saved me. I could have had one of those Blue Peter badgers. And they all got nicked. Every friend that I had was in my sports bag and they all they all had it off with the Blue Peter Badgers. Oh, fantastic. I better let somebody else have a go, but thanks for the memories. Oh, you're welcome, Trevor. Cheers, Trevor. Thanks, pal. Uh, Sally. Good evening, Sally. Good evening, Sammy. Hello, Sally. Hey. Um, I'm relatively new to rugby. I've only been supporting for five years, so I never got the pleasure of watching you play but what do you think to the way things are now to how you played oh great great question sally it's it's totally different when i watch it now it's as if i'm watching a different sport uh you know when, when i watch oh god legends like gareth ellis and them and the training techniques and their weight control and their mental ability uh, and just the drive to be so professional. Now, don't get me wrong. They got a hell of a lot more dosh than we did, Mm. which matters to old folks like us. Uh, But nevertheless, it's a different game. It really is a different game. And I I look at players that I played with and I think, oh, God, he would be brilliant in today's game. Oh, God, but he wouldn't, uh, et cetera. Uh, so I kind of look at it as like two different games. It was the game that I played when scrums were fought over uh, to, to, to win the ball. Oh my God. And if you had a great hooker, like let's say Keith Bridges at Featherstone, who just used to shovel it out. So you'd be fighting that all, all, all day long. Whereas now it's kicks for position and you're going to get the ball and, uh, and so on. So it, it's a different mentality altogether, altogether. And the other question is, how do you think you'd be uh, kicking for a golden point? 
<laughs> I think in my day, I would love it because all kickers just practice for the day that it's going to be one kick and it's going to, and it's going to be down to them. And, and I think that's how they live and breathe. That's, that's what we all, that's what we all wanted. And during my career that happened on so many occasions uh, and the majority of time, <laughs> it worked in my favour. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You're thank welcome, you. Sally. Thank you. Cheers, Sally. Thank you. Uh, Lisa. Good evening, Lisa. Hi. Okay? Hey, Lisa. Hi. Um, I thought it would make sense for me to uh, ask about the fundraising activity that you've done and a planning this year. I thought that'd be a good one to ask about so you could tell the guys. What a fantastic, what a fantastic question, Lisa. So let's get into this straight away. In September, September 1st and 2nd, a great bunch of folks, including Lisa and some ex-players from Hull Kingston Rovers and Hull FC and hopefully from other clubs, uh, young folks, middle-aged folks, elderly folks, and not necessarily all ex-rugby league players. We're going to cycle on behalf of three brilliant rugby league lads who are troubled uh, at this moment in time. One is Rob Burrow, who is struggling with MND. Uh, the second one is Mossy Moussao over at Hulkingston Rovers, who is preparing to recover from a horrible spinal injury. And then the third one is uh, a, a fantastic fullback for Hull FC, who was a great player when I first came over, and that's George Robinson, who is suffering with Alzheimer's at this moment in time. So we're going to, on their behalf, oh, Mike, and this was an argument all on its own. Who should we raise funds for? Well, the list would have gone on and on and on and on, and we just had to narrow it down. Let's have a Hull Kingston Rovers player. Let's have a Hull FC player. And who could ever forget about Rob Burrow because we've all been tugged at our heartstrings with his story. So we're going to cycle from Leeds Dock along the highways and byways all the way through to Hull. But we're going to take two days. We're going to stop overnight in Selby and have a few beers and sing a few songs on the ukulele. Uh, but, we'll, but we're a little bit like Pied Pipers at the moment. We're wanting to gather people in to, to come and help us. Some people say, oh, I can't do the whole two days. Well, come and do a day or come and do one hour. It doesn't matter, but come and you know, help us swell uh, things. Uh, if you're not a cyclist, then when we get through to Hull, we may be having a gathering of Pied Piper-like people that may walk from, let's say, the Humber Bridge or maybe the boulevard, the monument that I know Lisa was involved in there. Uh, we might walk from there across to Craven Park uh, and rattle a few cans on the way and end up in a pub there and have a few beers and sing a few more songs. But the aim is to raise £30,000, which will be split three ways. So if we raise more, then it still gets split th three ways. Uh, but it's the least that we can do. We've found that when we've done it in the past for the Royal Marines charities and other things, we've had a blast. We've had a couple of days where some old gimmers can get out and do some good, but have a good time. Yeah. and share some stories uh, and, and and have a bit of a laugh. Uh, Lisa, have I forgotten anything there in terms of the main bullets? I'm sure that you'll tell me off tomorrow if I've missed anything. <laughs> no, no, I'll let you say it was a really good opportunity to... Uh, I think so. Audience, so. I, I think so too. So, so we would love... Uh, we, we would adore anybody to either give us a little donation of some coppers that's down the back of a settee uh, or, or come and join us. Come and join us for an hour or more, either on a bike or walking on September the 1st and September the 2nd. Uh, we, COVID permitting, but I think by then the way that we're going, we should be 
we, we should be golden. Yeah, definitely. And encouragement on route always helps. You know, your feet are aching, your legs are aching. <laughs> Absolutely. Then, you know, we'll see you part way and wave you on your way is great. So. That, that, that's going to be great. It's going to be an epic occasion. I'm really looking forward to it. That's off the, you know, for organising. <laughs> I just thought it was great to sort of mention that you're doing this sort of stuff. You couldn't have picked a better opportunity to mention that, Lisa. Thank you so much. You're, as I've told you before, first ever player I remember playing for Hull FC. And now look, we're doing bike rides and stuff. <laughs> Lisa, you wouldn't get that check. in any other game, would you? No, you wouldn't. And and the check that I promised you for saying that is <laughs> is going in the post as we as we speak this evening. <laughs> I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Lisa. Cheers, Lisa. That's brilliant. Sammy, that's fantastic, mate. Anything we can do from the Hullet Foundation over to Lisa, please let us know. Anything we can do to help out. I did say after our cycle ride in 2019 to Wembley that I would never touch a bike again, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'm free on that first and second, so there might be a couple of us joining you, mate, and we can... Uh, oh, mate, that is... Every, t- every time I climb a mountain, I'll do something similar. I say never again, so, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome if you could, Rich. That would be super. Yeah. That's fine. I know Lita's been in touch with my other half about some stuff there as well regarding... Yeah. The sponsorship. Oh, yeah, I'll get full detailed. And uh, yeah, you're all witnesses. Count me in. Oh, hey, yeah, you heard it here. Ready. You heard it here on the podcast. Hopefully, wind will be behind us that way, going oh, back to Hull. Uh, yeah, it, it, it normally is, actually. Yeah. It, no, it normally is. And it's flat. Yeah. The good thing about that journey, it's going to be reasonably flat all the way. Brilliant. Right, then we'll go on to the next one. Uh, Gary, are you there, Gary? Can you hear us, mate? Yeah, I can. can Hiya, Gary. Hiya, Sammy. Um, I'm a Hull lad, but I'm over in Germany, so I'm I'm actually joining the call here in Germany. Wow. Um, I teach uh, an international school in Luxembourg, a sports teacher, and we're the only school in the country who play rugby league, so I can play we are the Luxembourg champions. (laughs) 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 What what I'd like to ask you, Sammy, is that which teachers, because I'm a teacher, obviously, influenced you and got you into sport and really got you motivated? Oh, what a question. Immediately, I, I utter the words Jack Prince. Jack Prince was uh, 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 my main teacher at, at school, and he had so many influences. He could make oh, he could make a book come alive. Uh, I think we've all read uh, a Christmas Carol. Jack Prince had the ability to read a paragraph, and then stop. And he'd ask us a few questions about things that were uttered. So it would be Victorian history, a story, his acting ability, because he was Scrooge, he was Marley, he was Tiny Tim. He took them them all off. But what I got from him was a love of history. I've always loved history and geography, extremely passionate. But his ability to dig deeper. So from a history perspective, I'd never heard of gruel. And Scrooge was actually eating gruel. But in his questioning period, Jack Prince would always talk about, well, what do you think gruel could be? And we'd all be putting it. And then out would come an explanation, but it was, and I didn't get this until later on, but he was doubling up on so weaving in so many skills as a teacher to influence us as we uh, as we move forward you know he'd, he'd be talking about feelings and he'd be talking about emotions and how would you feel if that ghost visited you what does it make you feel about the past and the present and the future oh push <laughs> he was it was great gary and thanks ever so much for that question because you just brought some wonderful memories back there 
Okay, thanks, Sammy. I've got one more question. Hopefully, this will bring back some wonderful memories. If you could replay your best ever game for whichever club, and you could play that game again, which one would it be? Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, well, there's two. And it and, and I'm going to make my mind up here. It would be my first game at the Boulevard against Oldham. Or the semi-final when we got um, when we got to Wembley, we beat Widnes at uh, at Station Road at Swinton. Oh wow! Yeah. I'd I'll say go with that one, because I, I was at that game. I oh, were you? Oh wow! <laughs> what? Which one? The semi-final or the, the... Semi, the semi-final? Mm. Yeah. Well, let's let's go with. Let's go with that one uh, yeah. then, because that meant so much to the city. The city just exploded. And if you recall back, you know, how can this be? Hull FC versus versus Rovers. It was just, no. uh, you couldn't invent it. You, you know, it was, it, it was just, it was just terrific at, at the time. Uh, so thanks ever so much for that for that question, Gary. It was no, immense. Thank you, Sammy. Been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Cheers, Gary. Thank you, and thanks for joining us as well tonight, mate. All the way from uh, on Germany as well, mate. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Very welcome. <laughs> Cheers. And last one I've got on my screen. I've got Mike. Can you hear us, Mike? Hi. No bother, mate. No bother. There we go. Hi, I'm Mike. How are you doing? I, I, I must um, apologise. I've, I've only got half your programme, so I've just been looking online, and obviously I picked up a few things about yourself. Uh, some amazing things, such as being a model. Oh, oh, God, yeah. This last couple of this last couple of years, uh, I've been Santa Claus. Well, um, I can see that one. Well, yeah. I was going to say, is um, that the reason behind the beard? Is that what? <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to work my way up to, have you ever heard of Stanner stair lifts, the elderly yes. people? Yeah. I, I want to get that gig. <laughs> and and I'm working my way up to get the gig where you do walk-in baths. You know, you, you often see an elderly <laughs> gentleman like me. Yes, you're right. In, in a... Um, in a, in a uh, uh, in pajamas, for uh -huh. some for some reason, stood oh, yeah. next to a, a walk-in shower or a walk-in bath. I want to get that gig too. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other question I have, uh, looking at back, you know, because the, there's quite a few people from your sorry, uh, saying that I'm I'm about the same age. So from your time, which yeah. was a good time, uh, was a who good was time. the one that put the most fear up you when you uh, got? going to play against oh every one of them they were all far <laughs> really? too hard yeah right. because i was the biggest softest uh sod uh in the world uh and i used to stand behind most of our forwards saying look i lod the coats i lodge your shirts lads you get stuck in right uh but they used to say um they used to <laughs> they used to say uh often um sammy uh you just get out wide old lad and we'll do all the donkey work for you. You right. just get them. You just keep kicking them goals over, uh, and and we'll be and we'll be all right. But in terms of, um, oh, that's a good question. Oh God, there was some hard. There was some hard. I, th players. I thought it might be a uh, one that might tax you. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. To actually, yeah. pick one out, you know. Yeah, because there was there was so there was so many there were so yeah. many. Uh, Jim Mills, you didn't right. want to get caught with Big Jim because if if he got hold of you, you, you knew about it. Interestingly, we're playing at Norton Park and Knocker's just been tackled by Jim Mills. Right. <laughs> and he's got and he's got hold of Knocker round his neck like this, and he's pulling him down to the ground. And Knocker's face is just going like a Belisha beacon. Yeah, yeah. And he gets up to play the ball, and I'm fortunately behind Knocker to play the ball and and, and pass it on. And Knocker said, <laughs> Knocker said to Jim, <laughs> "Well, I won't swear, but he said, oh, Grinnell, Jim, you've." 
you've nearly broke me neck. You've nearly pulled me neck out of joint. And Jim looked at him and said, I thought a long neck might suit you, Steve. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And that will always go down in my memory. Uh, um, kind of glad that it was that knockers. Wasn't you. It was yeah. knockers' yeah. neck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> yeah, so thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, Mike. Um, sorry you, you missed the first part of the call, mate, but uh, in the next 48 hours, this call with Sammy that I've recorded will go on to FC Live. So That's what, That was a question I was going to ask you tonight because I know it's in the corner. There's the record button. Uh, I'd like to look at some of the other ones that I've missed in the past, you know. That's fine, mate. Yes, all of them, right. all that we've done previously now are all, are all up there. So the only right. one that hasn't right. gone up yet is... Jamie Shaw from our tweet, but they were yeah. I Sammy's. saw that one, but yeah. me my internet dropped out right at the right at the last minute, so I got all the all of it. I didn't get to talk to him. Not no to worry. No worries, Michael. Yeah, everything is it's all online for you in the next right. forty eight hours, pal. Right, good. Thank you. Brilliant. And Sammy, that about does us. Um, I want to say a big thank you, mate. I think you've been absolutely fantastic tonight. From when I first met you, and I actually met you only a few years ago, and it was eight o'clock on the bus to Wembley in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> on comes this lively chat with his ukulele. I'm thinking, <laughs> I want to get my head down here. And then that were it then. That were it then. An hour later, oh, let's go. cans in and off we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome yeah, time. Awesome time. Thank you very much for your time this evening, mate. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, it's been my pleasure. It's been my really, pleasure. And all, all the best with modelling career. I hope you get the... Uh, the standard the style lift. lift. Yeah, I hope you get that gig, pal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you've got any influence, uh, you know, I'm I'm taking... Um, uh, my, my my fees are dramatically low. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go in there. And uh, obviously, I'll be in touch regarding the 1st and 2nd of September as well. Definitely count me in for that. Um, for everybody else, thanks again for joining us this evening with Sammy. Next week, we have Carlos Tumavavi on the call, which will be fantastic for us. Um, and we'll find out a little bit uh, about his career and, and obviously his, his culture and his heritage and things as well. So 6 o'clock next week. Sammy, more than welcome to join us again if you're, if you're free. Absolutely. Well done, um, mate. Well done. But thank you very much, guys. Have a great week, and I'll see you all next week. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. Thanks yeah. ever so much. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.